and our programming comes from past experiences, right? And that's where we come into injury or shock. And from my viewpoint, it's anything that altered your sequence of breathing. So that's the shock that is residual with inside of us. And that keeps us from our full potential because that brainstem freezes, locks down everything and goes in a conservation mode of electricity because you've been shocked. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. And that is the story of human progress. One inch at a time. I'm your host, Joe DiStefano, and you're listening to Stack. In today's episode, I sit with Lois Laney. Now, if you've been a subscriber to this show, maybe since the start or very close to it, you may remember Lois from episode 11. This is, in fact, the second time that she's been on this show. Lois is a wealth of knowledge around breath, and the brain, and specifically her unique gift and possibly her purpose on this planet is to provide a safe environment for folks to nurture and reboot their brain stems back to their highest performing potentials through the release of stored traumas, patterns, habits, all these things that we don't know we tucked away. And we dive deep into this stuff on today's show. But her real kind of uh, process is this process of resynchronization and tapping into the cranial nerves that dictate almost all of our fight or flight responses and our rest and digest responses, our ability to be creative, our ability to love, our ability to feel. It's all there in the cranial nerves. And as you'll hear on today's show, we completely underestimate both their power and just how much junk is stored in there. And we tap into some things that from my life, you know, it's funny, I joke that that this episode was almost a therapy session for me, but but we dive into some stuff that even I've experienced since having a son on this planet and realizing that there are things that are coming out of me in terms of how I'm parenting that I could have only gotten from my parents, which means I may not remember it, but when I was Two months old, there was something being stored that is coming out of me today, which is just crazy and is exactly the type of stuff that Lois deals with. Because when those experiences are traumatic, those things get stored and suddenly manifest in ways that we never would have guessed. Now, Lois is the creator of Restorative Breathing down in Phoenix, Arizona. She's worked with Amelia throughout her pregnancy. She's done a few party tricks on me over the years. And she's worked with a lot of our close friends with profound results. And on today's show, you're going to quickly realize uh, why so many people are flocking to her office down in Phoenix. And with the year we've all had, this show, I feel, is an absolute must listen for just about anybody. But anyone that's feeling anxious, stressed, or fearful, you guys got to jump onto this show, share it around as wide as you can, because Lois shares some incredibly simple and powerful ways 
to de-stress, to reduce anxiety, and to bring your body and your brain and your brain stem and your cranial nerves into the present moment where, hey, chances are you're safe. We dive into some real mind-blowing stuff on this show. Um, you know, it's it's everything from some of the kind of more recent events, right? We talk about some possible neurological explanations uh, or different types of traumas that could actually lead to people not being comfortable wearing a mask. We talk about the effect of Zoom meetings. You know, what is this doing to our brains, to our consciousness, to our ability to communicate effectively with people in person, and a whole lot more stuff like that. This show is just fantastic. It's straight up awesome. Lois is always such a joy, and she's just so energetic and happy that it's an easy listen. Uh, And it wasn't easy to do because we're currently like a million hours apart because we're literally across the world from each other. Now, I'll add this show is not conspiratorial. It's not me talking about masks in a negative light or anything like that. It's a very open-hearted show that is suitable for all audiences, and it is a must-listen for just about all of us right now. So please, again, just share it as wide as you can. And thank you guys so much for sharing, subscribing, listening to these shows because your help is what's helping me bring you more and more of what you want to hear and more and more powerful guests like Lois who I am just so grateful and excited to be able to chat with, never mind share those conversations with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, uh, when you're done with this show, head on back to uh, episode 11. And if you just go to coachjodi.com, click podcast, you can dig it up. This show is episode 77. And of course, uh, the show notes will have links to all of Lois's stuff and anything that pops up during the show Uh, books and recommendations or programs. Uh, It's all going to be over there at coachjodi.com. And this is again, episode 77. Now on a personal note, and as some of you may have figured out through some of my recent social media posts, we are soon coming back to the US. And while Europe's food is in many ways fantastic, there's nowhere near as much glyphosate to worry about as an example as there is in the US, which if you don't know what glyphosate is, it completely overloads your detox pathways. But even though the food may be a little bit better, uh, here in Europe, I've definitely been taking some precautions because I feel that we're being exposed to possibly more environmental toxins than maybe we were back home. For example, in Europe, a ton of people smoke. In fact, seemingly everyone smokes. Every time I walk my dog, I inevitably end up walking through just multiple clouds of smoke or somebody's walking in front of you and just, you know, smoking cigarette after cigarette. And also, you know, since this move was temporary, we didn't have the same caliber water filtration that we do at home. So we've actually been drinking a lot more water in plastic bottles which uh, you've probably heard on this show, hopefully, uh, with you know some of my guests like Darren Oleen, we talk about the dangers of that in itself. And now, why am I telling you this? Well, because while nobody enjoys thinking of all the various things or places that they may be coming in contact with or toxins they may be incidentally consuming, uh, like it or not, your body is dealing with it. And being aware. And for me, knowing my body's dealing with these things like 
cigarette smoke and and maybe more plastic exposure than I ever have in in recent years, I have been bumping my dosage of one of my favorite detox supplements, which has been helping me at least know I'm doing everything in my power to mitigate some of these toxins that I am being exposed to and that I've become aware of, which is oftentimes all we can do. And again, it's healthy till it's stressful, but if you know something exists, the important thing is to know you're doing all you can, which is why I've been super dosing something called glutathione. Now, our naturally occurring levels of glutathione, which are there to safeguard our cells from the negative effects of some of these toxins, um, are no match for a modern world. This bombardment of these pesticides, pollutants, heavy metals, our systems become overloaded and even depleted, which is where supplementation comes in. But you can't just go buy anything that says glutathione on it because you need a product that's actually going to be absorbed and welcomed into the body. Most glutathione products come in a pill, which you need to first swallow and break down, and then it gets released into the stomach where absorption depends on the nutrient, the quality of the product, but also surviving digestion, which is incredibly acidic and harsh. And then it's up to your gut having the power to assimilate it properly, which sadly most don't. And I dove deep into that problem on my episode about vitamin D, which I can link to in the show notes as well. So those products tend to become a total waste. The only glutathione product I recommend is packaged in a nanoparticle liposomal delivery system that completely bypasses the gut. And because the particles are so small, much smaller than even any other products on the market that call themselves liposomal, they begin to be absorbed immediately. They're put into circulation almost as soon as they touch your tongue, which floods the body with bioavailable glutathione almost immediately. This is an amazing daily detoxifier and is an absolute must for travel. I've got like three bottles ready for the flight home. And now you guys can find a special offer to pick up this top quality liposomal glutathione for less than $1 per day over at coachjoedi.com slash detox. That's coachjoedi.com slash detox. You're going to find the glutathione there with all the information to get this special deal. And speaking of detoxifying our environment, sadly, there's one part of the body that glutathione may not help due to the immense load from our modern lifestyles, and that's our eyes. The number of hours we spend staring into phone screens, TVs, or computers, or just bathing in intense white LED lights are taking our hormones for the ride of their life. Never in the last 2.6 million years were we exposed to such a vast amount of ultraviolet, what I almost called ultraviolet, which is maybe more, more accurate than we are today. In fact, there's this book called Lights Out, which is now over two decades old. But back in 1999, hypothesized that the massive spike in weight gain and deteriorating health that we almost always attribute to the rising amount of sugar in the diet, as an example, was actually more correlated with the advent of electricity 
And sure, the sugar probably didn't help, but it was more the fact that we could stay up all night eating it, bathing in bright lights, that really did us in. Now, there are two problems that really we need to tackle here to prepare and overhaul our health in 2021. The first is blue light from your tech screens and devices. The brightness of a typical screen today, just in the past couple of decades since that book was written, has exploded. In fact, if you could go back in time and swap your modern screen to into whatever computer you were using back in 1999, you'd be in for quite a shock. In fact, I bet your 1999 self probably wouldn't even be able to tolerate the brightness. And second, the blue light that the rest of our body is bathing in which is more about what that book is all about, actually. This bright light hitting our skin uh, can actually cause similar problems and delays in hormonal rhythms and overall just negatively affect our body weight and our long-term health. Fortunately, former podcast guest Andy Mott has completely revolutionized how we can have our cake and eat it too here because I don't know anybody that's going to quit screens or switch back to candles. First, he just wrapped over a year of research and product development to create two different light bulbs. They're called Lumi light bulbs. And these things completely transform your light environment. Amelia and I have switched just about our entire house over to these low EMF, low to no blue bulbs. The second are his blue blocking glasses. Uh, these things come in multiple shades from completely clear to dark orange, depending on your usage and are available in prescription or not and are available in a ton of different styles so you can customize the heck out of your biohacking game. And all of Andy's products are available at blueblocks.com slash stacked. Now that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com slash stacked. And be sure you use that link slash stacked because when you do, Andy's team over at Blue Blocks have set up a very special discount that's automatically applied to your entire cart. You don't even have to do a thing. There's no code to remember or anything, and it's probably a better deal than I could even announce on the air. So head on over to blueblocks.com stacked and check out the Lumi light bulbs and the blue blocking shades and completely control your light environment heading into 2021. All right, guys, now buckle up for an amazing show with a wonderful woman. And please visit CoachJodi.com and find episode 77 for all of the links to Lois's work and her social media and everything else if you want it. And enjoy, guys. I'm psyched to be bringing you this show, so let's hop to it. The group that I want to support is the group that has connection, that is aware that realizes that if you focus in a certain area of your life, you can experience change. And it's information, you materialize it, but you also bring in the unseen potential, which is wavelengths. You know, we don't, we all take for granted, you know, just like our television, but the communication, the mechanics of it, it's invisible but the receiver creates it to be visible. That's what the world is, I think, ready to dance with. It's the invisible, and we have the ability, if we can create, in my opinion, cranial nerve harmony, you bring that in, and now 
you have this amazing potential inside that you're getting connected to. So I don't have to reach out of myself to connect to something. I am connecting to what is within me and what is available for me. It's beautiful. Connecting with spirit and the the collective sort of consciousness and dare I say God, right? Kind of connecting with these these forces outside of us that we can't see that are ultimately, maybe that's what this whole thing is here to teach us, right? It's we're, you know, we've been kind of going down maybe the wrong rabbit hole for so long that, you know, universe said, you know, we're going to create this big apparent shakeup uh, and it's going to look real bad. But in the end of the day, it might change humanity in a positive direction. Right. And notice, I'm, I'm not here to shame you in any dimension, but notice how you said it could look bad. See, that's what our brainstem does. We have good and bad. But what if we, through consciousness, say different? That is what our brainstem does. So when we go through cranial nerve resequencing, we are taking that brain pattern that different is bad or different is harmful because our cranial nerves measure everything in context of is it could it kill my human do you see so it's our r2d2 that's just constantly going round and round checking scanning for danger or safety and so that's the context that we can actually go beyond and just because we label it different yes things are different but different isn't negative. Different isn't harmful. Different is different. I think the coolest part is everybody's washing their hands. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> like, you know, hey, let's wash our hands. Hey, let's wash our hands once an hour. Hey, let's wash our hands twice an hour. You know, I've touched something. Maybe it has germs. Maybe I should wash my hands. I think it's just fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, isn't, isn't that the truth, right? And and it's it's funny because right? this year I feel like I've been beating the drum of like, you know, kind of wishing, you know, along with wash the hands, people were talking about the importance of nutrition more and things like that. But I, I think, Lois, you know, in, in one way, what you're saying is that our you know, expectations actually lead to the judgment of good versus bad or danger versus right. safety. Yes. Yeah. Or our programming, you know, our, and our programming comes from past experiences, right? And that's where we come into injury or shock. And from my viewpoint, it's anything that altered your sequence of breathing. So that's the shock that is residual with inside of us. And that keeps us from our full potential because that brainstem freezes, locks down everything and goes in a conservation mode of electricity because you've been shocked. People don't realize the shocks that are through a brainstem versus like a physical shock of breaking your leg and you recover. So why is breaking the leg easier to recover from than watching a car accident? 
Do you see? One is to your body. The other one is to your brainstem. So visual shocks, watching something for a split second, the brainstem doesn't know if that's happening to me or if I'm the observer of it. And those are things, especially shocks when, when children are young, that they see. You know, a very hard thing for children is to see their pet die. You know, not a natural death, but a traumatic death. Because that child can't differentiate between it's happening to me or I'm observing it. So those are residual shocks. Anything that shocks your airway. See, those are things that are in our brainstem. Now it's going to affect how I view my world. So people are looking at types of shocks. Um, you know, one of a, a very amazing actress, her voice was changing. And so she had come to me for some support. And the most interesting thing is when we went back, it was the shock of watching her father have an epileptic seizure. So sure enough, she was the same age as her father was when he had the seizure. And it's like her brainstem is like, hey, you really don't want to be 36 because look what happens when you turn 36. And, and you just sit back and you're amazed at, you know, that brainstem remembers every little thing. But it's locked in your throat which of course affects your airway. So as we dance in this new world, we really, I, what I've seen is people are very much more aware. So it can be a little bit disconcerting because we're aware of, oh my God, I'm paranoid to be at my own house. Isn't that interesting? And so that's the first step of within what I work with is the step of creating safety. And it's not, oh, I want to make sure I don't have anything on the floor to trip on. That's physical safety. But neurological safety is when I can self-talk out loud. So my brain says, I'm 100% safe looking at the red pillow on my purple couch. I know I made all that up, but it's as simple as that. And then you just stop and look at your red pillow and your purple couch. Because that is what we call what? The present moment. That's what when you were referring to as source. So there's a very wonderful cranial nerve called cranial nerve zero that I think this is the portal to everything because it's a zero or it's an O, right? It's oneness. It's the present moment. It has no beginning. It has no end. It just is. When all of our cranial nerves work together, it is almost like you can utilize that as a portal or an opening or a connectivity, whatever makes sense, to what your nervous system has to offer, which is like an antenna. Well, what are we going to receive? See, that's where we get to choose what we're going to receive now. We really do. You have that power. Do I want to choose to sit and watch something that's terrifying? Or do I want to go stand in nature? And that's what the group that you have attracted is they already see the benefits of, wow, what would it be like if I trained standing in grass, right? When I told people this, you know, like 30 years ago, 
people are like, you got to be kidding me. Look, we've just created these gyms. They're amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go out in our yard. <laughs> let's stand in water. Because can you imagine if you stand in a pool? Now, I don't mean, you know, up to your waist, but you can stand in water. And of course, the experience is totally different. If you really want to have fun, stand in the ocean. So when I work with people with concussions, when we get to do all of the natural motions and whatever exercise program they want to do in the ocean, that is when you can really reset the brain-body system to get cranial nerve function so that the airway is open while their feet are working with the drifting and the pulling of the sand and the water and their right and left leg has to balance a little differently because that's the amazing part of a current of water. It's totally unique. And every wave brings something different. So, you know, it's, it's amazing what's possible to us. And it's in nature, right? And then we can create it. You can go get a fuzzy rug and stand on it and pretend like you're on the ocean. I love it. Um... Oh, that was just a beautiful kind of intro to this show. And I, I really resonated with, you know, the, the zero thing. And I just had a, a show the other day with a guy named Pierre Sabak. And, you know, it, it's interesting because we talked about the sort of spectrum of spirit to matter and that, that spectrum is, is essentially binary, right? In many ways, what you're saying is spirit is zero and matter is, is one, right? And so when you're in that zero kind of right. place of pure force, you know, as Paul Check would say, you're everything and nothing at the same time. Uh, absolutely. 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 Beautiful. Stepping back um, just real quick, and then I want to keep going, but with, with what you mentioned about shock and how seeing yeah. shock can, uh, or seeing violence or, or something, uh, someone getting injured can be worse than breaking your leg. I just, what is this? kind of say towards whether it's the growth of mixed martial arts on TV and guys just beating each other to, you know, just, you know, a bloody pulp. And, you know, why are we, are we seemingly doing this to ourselves in some capacity? What's going on with our brains that would make us kind of enjoy those types of activities. Cause I know me, you know, I've had head injuries and when I see a guy getting hit in the head 10 times, like I cringe and, and yeah, like I feel it in my throat and, um, right. What, uh, yeah. what's wrong with us? <laughs> well, um, I would say we've been seduced. You know, it starts small started with black and white, leave it to beaver, you know? <laughs> I mean, come on, whose mother, whose mother <laughs> cooked him breakfast with pearls on? You know, come on. So there was this illusion that was, you know, expressed visually, and then people started to believe that that was a norm, that was a measurement, that was a bar that they should live by. And, you know, every show, of course, has something different to offer. Maybe they're teaching how to be compassionate and everything else. But we still, the visual cortex is so much more dominant with sensory receptors that that's why all that goes in and it stays in. 
and it stays into our system and it's logged in forever. Then as we go through this thing, like you were talking about, your, because you've had a head injury, when you witness it, you can't differentiate and your brain revisits everything your body felt when you had a similar experience, mm-hmm. right? So that creates now a change physiology in you through a visual cortex, but nothing touched you, did it? No, absolutely nothing. Your body was not touched, but your body had a, an, an experience. So that is almost like a crippling because now you're stuck there or you could be stuck there. And you're, you have to climb out of it, so to speak, right? You have to now recuperate from that experience. The other thing that experience with shock, though, is it gives you a surge. Because, see, when our brain-body system thinks that it has been assaulted, attacked, it's going to give you a surge of cortisol. And that cortisol gives you the ability to run away from the assault. But now you have a surge of electricity. We're just going to think for a moment that it comes from your, maybe your solar plexus, maybe your, you know, lower in the body, just in the abdomen somewhere. It's going to come up And there's so much electricity, where's it going to bottleneck? In your throat. Do you see? So neurophysiologically, this wave comes up, it gets stuck. Now you have to do something. You're in your living room. You were watching something on TV. You have this surge of electricity. Now what are you going to do? Your intellect is not going to run around the block for 20 minutes to burn it off. But you should. Because that's what your brain experienced. So we don't burn it off. Now what do you do? Oh, crap. You know, you can't go to sleep. Well, no worries. We do something to go to sleep. But it's because we were living shock in our life. So now after you relive shock and shock and shock and shock and shock, what do we do? There's two things. We have to increase our reward system in life because our body's been shocked so much that Typical things don't give us a reward or I have to alter myself to come off of the shock or I have to alter myself to increase my reward system. So we really do get out of balance through our visual system and then our visual system feeds so many other parts of our brain as well as our brain brain stem. Wow. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, we wonder why, you know, if the dog gets stuck in the door you know, if the door slams on the dog's tail, like, you know, first of all, the dog learns, but second of all, the dog immediately like shakes it off, like visibly, you know, your dog will always like you know, run around the block, so to speak. Right. And it's, it's like right. humans, it's, uh, you know, I love that if it, if it goes in, it stays in and, and just kind of like a, a realization I just had this literally like an hour ago is, you know, just the way I've been talking to our son, um, like whether it's like I like I like sing to him, I talk to him in a certain way, and it's it's there's these weird things that like I didn't learn, but I had this realization that like I am definitely projecting the way that my mother or dad nurtured me at Leon's age, which means all that stuff went in. I don't remember it, 
but I am definitely letting it out through the way that I'm parenting him and your client there who turned 36 and started to have issues. I think we completely underestimate just how powerful and incredible this mind spirit force really is and and really you know underestimate potentially maybe the destructiveness of not really investing some resource and you know time and whatever into into that run around the block because when when we don't let it out we can't really understand how it's going to manifest correct and it could manifest as heartburn right it could manifest as a locked pelvis it can just manifest anywhere because all of our blueprints, our neural blueprints are unique, just like our fingerprints are, of course. So you and I can, of course, observe the same thing and have totally different impacts. That's why if you watch a two-year-old, I know you're not there yet, but they're going to have a temper tantrum is what we, we label it instead of it's a shock release mechanism. And isn't it wonderful that humans run around trying to stop nature like you just mentioned? the dog gets to shake. Well, how in the heck do humans get to shake? That's why like, I use vibration plates for almost every human that I work with. You stand on them and you wiggle and it's getting you into the shake. Okay, And if you let kids go, they just start dancing and saying all sorts of weird things. And you can just see them when they get done. There's just this total calm. You know, and that's so cool. So, you know, we all need to shake, rattle, and roll, so to speak. You know, you stand and you just go back and forth and you can make noise and shake your hands. And when you get done, you're going to feel amazing. Now, I love coffee. It's almost as good as coffee. But But it's amazing if you did it because we are locked in as as a... um, is a world right now in some shock, right? So that's why the most amazing thing that if you can have each person take, you know, one minute, maybe three times a day, just look at something in their house or something outside in nature and just declare in this moment, I'm 100% safe looking at my tree move against instantly my nervous system comes to the present moment my eyes come together it creates unification harmony coherence resonance whatever the word is that helps you understand the unification process and then sit there and breathe through your nose and wait till you can feel when i breathe in Is it warm or cool? When I breathe out, is it warm or cool? Because when you can sense the temperature of air, when you breathe through your nose, you are not in a sympathetic dominant mode. So for you, it could take two minutes. For me, it could take three minutes. Like who knows? It doesn't matter. But I promise you, it will. I promise you more than anything in this whole world that when your nervous system can focus after you've said the words out loud in this moment, 
I am 100% safe looking at blah because it's real. You're really in the moment. You're really looking at something. You've addressed it and you wait until you can sense temperature in the air that is moving through your nose. That is so beautiful. So that is an amazing meditation and, and something that I'm already doing while we're recording. But as soon as we hang up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that. I think that that's, it's so amazing. I've been doing this kind of daily um, out loud kind of meditation mantra um, in the morning. And it, it's, it's similar, but the sensing the temperature just seems to be so so presumably the more kind of you know someone has things going on or you know the more kind of disconnected they are the longer it's going to take but but you're promising eventually they'll they'll be able to sense that temperature difference oh totally and depending upon see our teeth our cranial nerve number five which is a sympathetic dominant electrical nerve okay mm -hmm. So that's why you can put the tip of your tongue between your teeth. You could pull your lips between your teeth. You can put a um, popsicle stick between your front teeth going horizontal. You could put a Q-tip between your teeth. If you get something between your teeth, you're going to gently, just by doing that, release all sorts of um, electrical sympathetic charge into your exhalation. So the other thing you want to do is when after you declare safety, of course, it's keep your eyes open. Everybody wants to close your eyes. No, this is a conscious coordination of a hundred million billion signals from your brainstem every millisecond. That's what we're harnessing. So when we're in sympathetic dominance, you know, it's like playing pinball inside of our brain from our cranial nerves. They're just bouncing everywhere. But you have 100 million billion per millisecond, okay? So all we have to do is maybe do it for one minute and silently breathe while you wait to notice you've got some to rest on so that they're apart and magic shows up. Absolute magic because that is... The release of the sympathetic dominance. So people think that <clears throat> the sympathetics and the parasympathetics are like um, a teeter-totter, and it's kind of not exactly that way. They're very separate, but just by having something between your teeth, it's kind of like letting the pressure cooker let that pressure out. So Letting the pressure out then lets everything else get synchronized just by focusing and thinking, I'm 100% safe in this one moment. We're not asking to think about 10 seconds from now. We're just in this one moment. Yeah, and that's the, the trigeminal nerve, right? And we talked a lot about that oh, yeah. um, on episode yeah. one and, and anyone or, you know, it was episode 11, I think, of this show. And I'm so excited to be recording a second show with you, Lois, right now. And I'm so 
grateful for your work and and anybody that hasn't heard episode 11 should should go back and we cover so much stuff that really should have been a two-parter and and we'll see how long we go today um that i love this now speaking of you know sympathetic dominance and just this incredible human need we have of feeling safe i mean this is 2020 after all so it's you know it's almost requisite that we mention it you know what Absolutely. What are some of the sort of unintended consequences? And, and again, you know, maybe some are, you know, ones and some are zeros, but of this past year. And I think that, you know, when I, I was just reading a little while ago, just, you know, there was, uh, you know, suicide hotlines or like, you know, it's a, it's a humongous increase year over year. And, uh, so I just think that there's a lot of this sympathetic dominance going around. And so we don't have to kind of go down that road if you don't want to, but what do you think kind of like top to bottom, Lois, are you, are you thinking are some of the, the unintended consequences of, of the experience that we've had this year? Well, it's dynamic and it's so global that it's, we're into what I call reverberation. Okay resonance and coherence, you can actually experience it. If you go into a music store and you go into, typically they have a soundproof room for guitars. And if you were in a circle with guitars all around you and you started plucking one string, the resonance and the vibration, all of them would start resonating and they would make sound. Okay. That's how things work. It's also on the principle of how geese fly and birds fly. They fly in a concept called emergence. And emergence is when one has a function. But in a group, we have a dynamic ability that is innate. And it's in the principles of the universe. So... Taking that into consideration, when we have isolation, we lose emergence. When we have isolation, we lose the connectivity that vibrates, but that vibration vibrates our vagus nerve. So being with my tribe in a physicality way helps me have a parasympathetic event. That's why, you know, when people come over, they all hang in the kitchen and there's some food and it's all a parasympathetic bonding experience. Okay. And if you notice, right, you have this beautiful house, everyone does what? Hangs out in the kitchen. <laughs> so the physical separation is one thing. Then the second thing is all of our beliefs get to show up. I believe I'm safe if my investments do X. Because what? My investment is where my safety is. I'm safe if I believe a certain thing. So now, I now find my neighbor who perhaps I was in relationship with believes something very different. So now my perception is I'm unsafe with a different belief. So now we have separatism. Then we have isolation. Now, our 
brain body system and our cranial nerves determine how we function off of our eyes and how I see your face. So there are studies all over to show that if you take a baby, and of course, Joe, you will totally resonate this with your child. <laughs> when you have a baby and if you have a faceless expression, the baby will experience physical difficulties. They will have distress. They won't sleep right. They won't, um, they won't bond. They won't digest their food. They will cry this unconsolable cry because they need another person's safe face to be safe. So when I look at your face and I can see your facial expressions, my brain interprets that as safety or not safety. If you come at me with an angry lo looking face, do you think there's going to be a sympathetic arousal? Yeah. I'm like, uh-oh, something's up. So our nervous system, our brainstem, again, that fires a hundred million billion signals per millisecond is just working it off those eyeballs. So when I don't see your face, I am left with no defense system. My interpretation is not something I can utilize to process my level of safety. That is humongous. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the show with Lois, but because her and I both love working out outside in a natural environment where our feet can interact with the ground and the benefits can flood into not just our heart rate and our fitness, but also our entire mind, body, and spirit, I wanted to tell you what I use to ensure that my feet have that ability even when I'm not working out or if I'm working out in a gym. And that, my friends, are Vivo Barefoot Shoes. These are the lightest weight shoe possible. They're shaped like your foot. There is almost no interference with natural movement or gait. They literally put your feet in control of every step. And some of the shoes are actually even vegan and made with recycled PET plastics, uh, which the shoes I wear are called um, Primus Light Twos. They're absolutely awesome. But they've, again, they've got a whole bunch of different types of shoes. They've got boots. They've got dress shoes. They've got training shoes. This is a shoe that allows you to train hard and tread lightly on the environment at the same time. And they give you a lot of that natural movement that you're after if you were to say train barefoot or run barefoot uh, when it's just not possible. So head on over to coachjodi.com slash vivo barefoot. Uh, that's coachjodi.com slash vivo barefoot. And there you're going to find a very special deal on these shoes as well as some more information about them so you can do your own research as well as a few podcasts where these shoes actually came up because I have interviewed a lot of brilliant people. And it just so happens that a lot of these brilliant minds love minimalist footwear or being barefoot, which is, this is the next best thing. So head on over guys. And now let's hop back to the show with the wonderful Lois Laney. Not to be you know, divisive, but it's, it's, I'm very uncomfortable with my son, like seeing me in a mask, you know, it's something I don't even allow. I, 
<laughs> I either, you know, uh, right. turn the other way or cause I, I just in my, my sort of intuitive, uh, and of course he can still see my eyes, but I just think that it's so important for him to just see happy dad and mom and dad. And, you know, it's, um, it's incredible. And, and yeah, keep, keep going Lois. This is just fascinating. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Well, because what happens is it's all based upon our mirror neurons. So when a baby is upright and is looking at faces and integrating, they develop a stronger cranial nerve system. And of course, your cranial nerve system, your brainstem never sleeps. It works 24-7. The electricity is allocated differently within this system based upon the needs, based upon the time of day, based upon all these things. And that's called self-regulation. So addressing some of the things that you said before, self-regulation, if it's not present, ends up with a human that doesn't feel safe. If this persists, they can enter the dimension of hopelessness. That's where the, you know, there's the spiral, so to speak. So when we come back out of that, we want to what? Improve and increase face-to-face connections. So, you know, what's the face-to-face connection you can do? Get a bunch of mirrors, stand in front of your mirror, have a conversation with yourself, wink at yourself, open your eyes at yourself, put yourself in a mask, look at your mask, and what are you going to say? In this moment, I'm 100% safe seeing myself with a pink mask on today. And sit there and breathe and look at that. Then guess what? Go get another color mask. I'm 100% safe looking at my face with a blue mask on today. So we have to build safety with how we see ourselves before we can do what? Dance with another human. The second thing we can do is, I loved what you said, is intentionally smile with your eyes. You can lift your eyebrows. Okay? So... Everybody should practice lifting their eyebrows and thinking something positive, shining light, smiling with your eyes, something, okay? If you lift your eyebrows and look at somebody, they know you're not in an aggressive mode. Mm -hmm. You see, so we can now learn to talk with our eyebrows. Why not? You know, it's free. Probably good for your cranial nerves too to start activating some of those. Oh, it's so good! It's so <laughs> well because we are activating cranial nerve seven, and cranial nerve seven seven is your facial expression. Cranial nerve seven, your neuron, and drives safety, visual safety off my face. So, it, it's interesting to watch the world with masks because I started in dentistry. So I've lived in a mask, you know, my whole career. Never occurred to me, but what we do is when we start with babies, we can get babies to easily have procedures by doing what? Playing neuron neuron games. So we would play games just like you would play what we call peekaboo, right? And there's a point in a child's life that when the parent's face disappears, they cry this horrible cry. Have you experienced that, Joe? Well, I've, he's just coming around to peekaboo and, and it's, you know, dad ends up getting carried away. So it's fun and games for the first couple. And then I end up like, 
you know, either waiting too long or popping up too fast. And I startled him a few times. So I haven't, I've kind of shelved that game. Right. Because you can see there's a fine line, yeah, right? It's very fine. Yeah, exactly. So long time ago, I would start, you know, with teddy bears and um, Disney characters. And all my Disney characters, I had two Mickey Mouse. One Mickey Mouse had a mask. One Mickey Mouse didn't have a mask. Okay. And so we would always start off with a happy ride. And the babies would come in starting at six months because, you know, we want to make sure that their teeth grow in straight and that they have normal oral function. So you put a baby in there, they know exactly what's going on. Okay. If the mother's afraid, how do you think the baby's going to respond? Same. Exactly. So who is your primary client to be happy? Mom. So we say, Mom, when you're ready, you get to be the example since baby monitors you totally. So when you're ready, you get in a chair. We're going to fill you with all these different Minnie Mouses and Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and all those you know, lovely characters. Pop you in. The chair goes up and down. We take your picture. And now we put baby in the chair. Do you think baby hops in the chair and just sits there by himself around the Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse? Of course. Babies follow because baby has seen a pattern. Baby sees mommy smile. Now baby reproduces it through mirror neurons. Okay. So you do that. Then you tell mom, you give them a little mask to put on their little animal at home that they like and play with. And you play with the mask. So the baby knows that the mask is on and then the mask comes off. The mask goes on and the mask comes off. And then they see mommy smile. Mm. Okay. Now, if this is normal, what do you think is interrupting our normal awareness in our present aesthetic environment? I would say... Botox, you say. (laughs) (laughs) So I have babies now that have problems with their face, and it's only because poor mom's got a little too much Botox going on. (laughs) That's not where I (laughs) thought you were going. (laughs) I know it, right? (laughs) Hey, we want to liven this up a little bit. Do you, Lois, do you have a spatula with a mask yet? (laughs) Uh, No, but I have all the beanie babies. I have a beanie baby of every color with a mask on. And I've used it tons because what happens is the brainstem, of course, never sleeps during surgery. And the last thing they think, see, is an upside down mask. So let's go back to, you know, a couple decades ago. All you have to do is after they're used to seeing different color masks is then you take out your lovely permanent marker in a favorite color that you enjoy and you draw a smiley face on it. That's all you got to do, people, is draw a smiley face on your mask. And now you radiate smiles. It's wonderful. So try that. Yes, we can change it. And all of a sudden, the brain goes, oh. So you got to practice with yourself first. Because we are now all in this resonance to where I'm responding to the fear that I go out. So is there time for me to say I'm 100% safe with my neighbor's uneasiness? We could just call it uneasiness. Am I safe with the tension that I perceive in the grocery store? 
And how many times can we do thank you? Do we thank the person at the grocery store for cleaning the carts? Do we thank the flight attendant for helping us? Even though we may disagree with something, can we live an honorable life where we say thank you? And if I'm looking for where I can say thank you, I am naturally going to be smiling and shining light out of my eyes. What's going back to wink? You know, cranial nerve seven has to wink. So let's work on winking, man. Now, there's a creepy wink and there's a happy wink. So let's make sure it's a happy wink, okay? But practice winking and just notice, because here's the fun part. You got to practice winking without a mask on. Soon as you put a mask, we're going to change cranial nerves because now something is touching our face. So here's the big problem. When we touch our face, we're activating cranial nerve number five. Now, this is a test, so get ready. Oh cranial nerve number five is rest and digest or holy shit, something touched me, <laughs> which is cranial nerve number five. I would say, holy shit, something touched me. Yes. So now we put a mask on and what does our brain say? Holy shit, something tell me. Well, let me tell you about that volleyball that hit my face when I was in second grade. And oh my goodness, it bashed my my nose and then my nose bled. And oh, then it, again, when I was playing basketball, something hit my face and then I broke my tooth. Oh my goodness, let me tell you about, you know, 2010 when that airbag went off and hit my face. Oh my goodness, let me tell you about when I hit my face. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's all Isn't in there. Isn't that It's all in there. Wild. So that's why we start with a Q-tip. And you sit there and you hum. And you touch your face with a Q-tip, looking at yourself in the mirror and say, what? I'm 100% safe touching my face with a Q-tip. And just watch how your body is going to respond. I've touched people with a Q-tip and they fall on the floor. And you're like, Oh my God, it happened to me this week. Now, let's think for a minute. Come on, Joe, we want you to be clairvoyant okay. over here. Why do you think that human fell on the floor when I touched his face with a Q-tip? Some kind of stored trauma, I would imagine. Yeah. So let's guess. He, Just guess what maybe kind of... He's, he's either uncomfortable with touch and had maybe a, you know, I would say either some kind of, yeah, some kind of trauma, whether it was whether it was intimate or sexual or whether it was. Oh, look where you went. It's called soccer. He got hit in the face with a soccer ball, dude. <laughs> Let's not go. See, everyone thinks it's sexual trauma. Well, and I'm like, isn't that great? Now, Joe, I didn't expect you to think that with a Q-tip, but I love you. Well, I my second guess was, I was going to say, or it was a more physical trauma, but I just was thinking since a, a Q-tip was so like, you know, it wasn't like your fist, you know, so if it, no. you know, so no. in, in my own yeah. defense, I mean, a, a Q-tip is kind of like, know. you know, it's a little like, whatever, I'm going to quit. <laughs> I know, I know. But no, 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 no. I love it. Because again, our minds go off to something, you know, and it's like, no, it's an everyday sports event. So it could it's happen to anybody. Whatever. Anybody could have jumped off the it table. It could happen to anybody, anything. And so all I say is, oh, did that remind you of anything? And I try not to smile or laugh. I try to have this neutral face of love. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm sitting there going, God, the power of the Q-tip is pretty amazing. Was he not expecting the Q-tip? Oh, no. He knew I had touched his hand. Oh, no, 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 no. I do not sneak up on anyone with a Q-tip. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And the guy is like six foot four. Yeah, no. I'm standing on my tiptoes. Mm, wow. And he drops it and he goes, oh, my God. I, so I say, what? Does this remind you of anything? He goes, oh, yes. I was in Italy and I did this and I got hit in the face. And then, and then my girlfriend broke up with me in the hospital and blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Gosh. All right. And then all of a sudden he looked at me and he goes, do you think that's why I can't wear a mask? And I turned to him and what do you think I said? I said, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I don't know. But if right where the mass your, touches your cheekbone and your cheekbone is injured, that electricity is only sympathetic and it's going to what? Scare the bejeebies out of your poor brain. If you've ever had, you know, broken wow. a bone in your face from an injury or a car accident or something else, it's going to do it. Most people do not remember but once we start talking about it, or heaven forbid, what? The mask touched their nose. How many people have had their nose broken or their nose injured? Or, you know, a dog, you know, a big Doberman's head comes up and just whacks you in the nose and you think you're going to die for a second, right? right? Well, it's, it's so yeah. interesting. So that's what's coming up neurologically, right? Right. That's why you get to say, I'm 100% safe with my mask. Touching my left cheek. Sit there and breathe. If you feel tension, try to hum. And the humming just helps to get more biochemistry balanced, helps to open your airway. And we, when you hum, we are harnessing the power of a hundred million billion signals per millisecond to be connected with our thought because we're declaring safety. That's what we're doing. Because in 100% reality, we are safe with the touch of a mask on our face. It's not killing us. The thought of whenever the, you know, being in Italy and the soccer ball hitting your face, that moment, the brainstem absolutely thought you were going to die. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's valid. But it's not this moment. And then you, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you say, I'm 100% safe with my pink mask touching my right cheekbone. I'm 100% safe having the ear loops touch my ears. So let's think about our ears. Why are people sensitive so much about the mask on their ears? I'm not, I'm not guessing okay. again, because if I guess the wrong thing, you're going <laughs> <laughs> to... Well, let's just go through something about little kids kids get ear infections. So I had a lady who this week, oh my God, love the woman. She has been struggling, you wouldn't believe. Turns out her eardrums would burst like every winter. Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. right? So all she has to do is have that pressure on her ear and her brain goes, oh, let me tell you what happened when I was five and you know, blood came out of my ear and blah, 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 blah. Do you see? So we're touching... Again, the face is a sympathetic event. The mouth and the lips are more parasympathetic. So, you know, your tongue and your lips are parasympathetic 
but not your face. Okay, so that's why facial trauma, head trauma, and and again, we trauma we think of oh, falling out of a seven-story building. No, it could be hitting your head on the corner of a cabinet in your kitchen at the wrong angle. Does that make sense? Think of it as impact. An impact in in any way, what you saw, what you heard, what you smell, and what you taste. Those are forever locked into your cranial nerve system with a sympathetic dimension. It's wild and, you know, this is turning into a therapy session for me. It's really interesting because, you know, as, as we talked about, it's interesting because I think last time, I don't think it was on the episode, but we were, we were talking, uh, off air, um, just about the fact that I always wear a hooded sweatshirt. Right. And I have an unbelievable number and I don't want to make the episode about me, but just, it just what's coming up is like, uh, you know, I took like three or four different baseballs to the face before age 10, knocked my teeth out three times, fractured my skull a few years later. And it's just so interesting because I've also kind of come out against this whole mask thing. So it's, it's just like, it's so interesting how the brain just kind of stores everything. And we don't really understand the root of our emotions. And, you know, this could very well, admittedly so, exactly. be part of my kind of, um, you know, objection to masks on top of the fact that I'm just into breathing and all that jazz, but it's really interesting. So I'll either work on it or, or claim a new medical exemption. But the, the interesting thing, <laughs> I guess, back to kind of like, um, and gosh, we could go deeper down that rabbit hole, but I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm nervous about where it'll go. But I was reading this book, um, Power Verse Force, which I think is an amazing book. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've read it by David Hawkins mm -hmm. and it's about kinesiological, uh, testing, right? So like, you know, chiropractors mm -hmm. for those listening, like if a chiropractor has ever had you put your arm in the air and kind of push down on it and said like blink twice and then tried again and it got weak or whatever it might be, there's, there's this kinesiological test. And, um, he talks about like, you know, a lot of the stuff, not quite at the level that, that you talk about it at, but just the impact of emotions and how it impacts the, the nervous system and, and the physical body. Now, one interesting thing that really stood out to me, and I'm curious on your thoughts on, uh, and of course we have to, you know, ironically put our own mask on before we help others, right? Just like the rule on the plane, you know, and, you know, so we, exactly. we have to work on ourselves to create the reality and the world that we want to live in. But one of the things that really stood out to me in that book is muscle testing to discover if a painting is an original or a print. And in the book, it claims that if the person is in the right state of mind, uh, you can muscle test them looking at a uh, original painting and they will be strong. And if you swap in a print of the same exact painting, they'll actually go weak and they don't know the difference. It's a neurological just feeling that this thing I'm looking at isn't hundred percent authentic or hundred percent real. It's a really kind of crazy little section in that book. But the reason I bring it up is the fact that almost all of our human, uh, almost all of our human um, interaction right now. And, and again, after we work on ourselves and we start working again with others, or maybe we just have zoom meetings and things, you know, 
what is the impact on not being in the same space? And you mentioned not to kind of keep the ball, but you also mentioned kind of the power that allows geese to zig and zag without, you know, one guy taking a right turn <laughs> instead of a left and, <laughs> and the guitars in the, right. in the room. And what impact is co- sort of zoom? And I imagine it's, you know, some, a print is better than a, no painting at all. Right. But, um, what is the impact of having the majority of our human interaction uh, through Zoom? Well, here's number one. Number one, when I'm on Zoom, I get to see me, mm. right? And mm. when we're on Zoom, do we talk to me? Do we talk to the camera? Do we move me by the camera? If I look up, ooh, you can see my double chin. Well, maybe I'll look down. And you, right? We're... we're all this is that now about me and how I look as I'm talking to someone else. That's all your cranial nerves are just bouncing around. And so the electricity really isn't going to my voice. The electricity is going into my eyes, my facial expressions. What is my appearance to the world? So my focus is on how I appear to the world. Would I be present in that moment? I don't, I don't see no. how you could be. Right. And I'm not anti it. I'm just saying these are the dimensions and this is how things shift. But when I can't see myself and I am in a conversation with a live human being, we, I'm responding to my environment. I am in the moment talking to the person, provided we're not texting each other while we're in the same room. and I am not aware of how I look because I can't see myself. So my experience is very, very different. Mm. And so how I project myself is very, very different. You know, when you think of the old-fashioned going to a board meeting or something, people check themselves in the mirror before they go in. Mm -hmm. right? It's a check. But now you're checking yourself every three minutes or every two minutes. Maybe it's once a minute. So this constant, now we're hyper aware of our, how we look. And that's not an empowering thing. That's not a rest, digest, settle, be the authentic me, be in the moment and communicate. Now, is it better than nothing? Of course. But I'm just saying that's the impact of the Zoom. Okay. And the camera never really captures us, does it? No. no, no. So now my perception of me is altered and it's reversed. So when I work with, um, you know, dysmorphia and, and imaging and everything like that, we have to use actual reflection, not a mirror, because that's how we have to repattern a brain. Because babies pattern, babies, we can get babies to motorboat, you know, which is buzzing the lips and doing all sorts of these facial expressions within three to four days after they're born. If the mother's face or the father's face is less than 12 inches from the baby's face. So certain cultures are more comfortable with closer distance to the face, but that's how everything, you can change cranial nerves on a baby and it's an incredible short period of time simply by mirror neurons. 
but you must be close enough. So when we take that into consideration, how many of us are sitting 12 inches from our computer? Okay, so we are more engaged because we're sitting closer. I would not sit 12 inches away from my client in this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Do you see? Mm -hmm. So now we are more impressionable by what we see. What we see is a little bit altered. Interesting. So, so keep going. Yeah. So should my should what should no no no. So not to take this on a on a, not to take a you know left turn, but the the motorboating thing is this something because I know my son will you know we can get him to stick his tongue out if we stick our tongue out. Is is the motorboat right. something that we should be working on? He's five months old. Oh yes, oh yes, and then you pop your lips or smack your lips, whatever you want. Pull your lips in and then look right at them. They because. You know, you have to get each sequence connected, you know? Mm -hmm. So you pull your lips in, and of course, this is going to be a different facial expression. So the baby's going to like lock in and then watch their eyebrows because then their eyebrows and their forehead, you know how they have ponderment and everything's all screwed up because they're trying to process what's going on here. Then when they face relax, now they're ready to receive more information. And then look right at them and then go. And then they're just, and then smile. Because again, it's a new sound. It's a new facial expression. And then they look to you for reassurance, right? Because you said when, if you go too much with patty cake or peekaboo, then, you know, there's, there's that startle and cry. So you're going to introduce something new and then you smile. And then the baby just looks and then you do it again because the magic is in the third time. Because the first time the brain goes, oh my goodness, something's new. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> what's going on? And remember, what's the first thing the brain's going to say? This is different. So what electricity comes up with different? Uh-oh, something's going on. Cranial nerve five okay. until you shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> yep, something's going on. So now what do we do? We do it again. We smile and the brain goes, oh, you know, I think I've seen this before. And then you do it again and you smile and go, oh, this is fun. Get it? That's why you can resync brain stems for almost anything. If you follow a rhythmical pattern and you wait for the cranial nerve on the other human's face to catch up. That's why when I will do workshops with people, I can't just give you this information. It's about, I have to wait till you have received this information so you are ready for the next step. You just, it, it's not like a funnel. You open your mouth, we just pour it all in you. It's experiential. And see, that's what we have a huge void in our souls and our hearts and our spirits right now is we don't experience somebody hugging us. We don't experience just human bumping into in a crowded mall. Right now, if somebody touched us, we would probably scream bloody murder. So the question is, how many people have lost their hugs? Because if you hug for 20 seconds, your whole body will experience parasympathetic. So what we're planning on doing is putting on you know, moon suits and experiencing <laughs> hugs now. <laughs> well, well, you know, you're not too far off. I was just like, you know, 
going through social media and there's people doing that for sure. Cause I think hugs are just, you know, it's, it's so interesting. You know, we've been quarantined now. We're still in Europe. We're coming back to the U S but you know, I haven't, I haven't seen my mother face to face in like over a year. And it is, it has just been, you know, so interesting. And I can only imagine like when I finally hug her, when we get home and you know, how, you know, just parasympathetic and how sort of, healthy that'll be for both of us potentially um yeah i mean that is just it, just unbelievable i think a lot of people could could use a hug right now for sure so here's the thing i love what you just said so can we explore this possibility a little bit let's go okay so you're anticipating something right mm-hmm but what if your mom is paranoid about you because you've been out of the country and rejects you? She won't. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, no, I said, let's play totally. with this. Yeah. Right. Yep. So do, do you say all, all of a sudden your entire sense of security mm -hmm. has been altered? Wow. Yes. And this is what's happened in families. Some, some family members don't want to be next to mm -hmm. them. Some family members have to stay six feet away. Some people you know, won't go come into a house with gloves on and masks on. And I'm not judging. I'm just saying there's this different experience. Right. Right. So what you want to do is break yourself into, I'm a hundred percent safe seeing my mother with a mask on. See, we're preparing our brain. Right. So that when it happens, your brain goes, Oh yeah, mother's my mom with a mask on. Because everything is different. The last time you saw your mom, maybe she didn't have a mask on. Does that make yeah. sense? One, yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing is say, mom, what will be so meaningful is for us to hug heart to heart for 20 seconds. And I just want to make up for time I haven't touched you. So now she gets to what? Not be shocked with the first time you say, oh, while we're hugging, can we keep going for 20 seconds? <laughs> no. So our brain stems get together, go, oh gosh, this is the 20 second hug. Yeah, I'm ready. Do you yeah. see? And now you hug and you're not face to face. So you're not technically breathing all over each other. So now you're hugging and now your nervous system and just watch. So if I had heart rate monitors, which of course I've monitored people doing this at 20 minutes, everything starts to get and the beats almost start to sync up. Now, if you're real brave, hang in there for 30 seconds. And now you have perfect coherence. Wow. So in my practicum, right, if you can experience a 30 second neutral hug to be conscious that you're breathing and you're safe, feeling the heartbeat of another person. See, right now we are starved for feeling the heartbeat of another person. We're starved. Right. And you talked about, so maybe this will be a controversial topic, and I don't mean to put you into that position, but when we talk about the separation and isolation we're dealing with versus potentially the health benefits of perfect coherence, where do we where do we draw that line in terms of risk? Well, well here's here's a practical approach, and we can get as funny as you want. <laughs> Maximally, of course, I'm very creative. <laughs> 
So the first thing you can do is back to back. Okay. So you may find somebody and say, Hey, do you want to be my back to back partner? And they're going to go, Whoa, I've never heard of this. And go, yep. Lois Laney has come up with, you know, to the L's, you put the L's back to back. We've got this perfect thing going on. They're going to go, I've never heard of it. Yep. So ideally you get very comfortable on the floor, maybe sit on a couple pillows, cushions, something, and sit there and go, okay, we are going to do this experiment. And you can, of course, wear masks. You can sit back to back, and then the back of your head touches the other person. So ideally, you don't get, you know, 411 with 62. That would be a little hard. But you do it to where you can feel their hips, you can flatten your back to where you can feel their spine, you can feel their shoulders, you can feel their head. And then all I ask you to do, of course, have something between your teeth, so this isn't a sympathetic event, and breathe. It's back to back. You're not blowing air at each other. You can wear a mask, but now you can get that coherence. Is it the same? No. Is it an amazing second place? Absolutely. Yeah, that's... Now you can breathe with another person. And the whole idea, though, is be ready to experience a lot of shock come out of your body. Because the whole thing, well, I wonder if they've washed their hands. Well, I wonder what kind of mouthwash they use. You know, because guess what else? We're not used to smelling people. So... Cranial nerve number one never, ever, ever sleeps. It is your defense system to smell danger. Hmm. So now we don't even know what people smell like because we only know what our house smells like. So now we have to be reintroduced to create safety because cranial nerve number one turns on our neocortex. So by not smelling other people and adapting to other smells, we don't have the same electricity stimulation naturally. Now I have a solution for that. You go to find plants and you stick your nose right inside a plant. Hopefully you have located that there not is a bee in there. Okay. <laughs> so you may need to smell the plants you know, buy some flowers or, or just go out in nature. I know Arizona, it's, we have flowering plants here because our November is not the middle of winter. But, but there is huge benefit to smelling flowers and smelling something else because we've got to stimulate something that what? Isn't being naturally stimulated. Right. Okay? So just smelling another person is going to be different. Just sitting there and feeling another person, you're going to realize how tense your body is because we have been what? Bracing for the unknown. We've been bracing for the unknown and we're bracing for the invisible. So when we say I'm 100% safe in this moment feeling another person's back, you may cry. You're probably going to cry for relief. To let all this tension from 2000, from 2020 to dissipate out of our bodies, you may cry for 10 minutes. And the deal is that the other person can't comfort you. 
because I want your nervous system to turn on in a different way. Okay? Your brain body system is now going to learn someone has my back neurologically, physiologically. Okay? You have just created your posterior chain. Now, let's just talk exercise. Who can exercise without their posterior chain? Okay? <laughs> but if our posterior chain has been locked down in protection, you're going to have what? Tight hamstrings. You're going to have what? You're going to have more injuries because there's this 24-7 lock. So now back to back with someone, you can experience it and pretty soon you're going to start breathing in harmony. Yeah, there's going to be some releases. Yeah, you may even laugh. Okay, but the connection is priceless. So maybe you find somebody that you can sit back to back with for 20 minutes. Maybe you can only handle a minute. I don't care. It's an offering to get you connected, to give you what we can't get any other way from human touch. So beautiful. And it's interesting just kind of, you know, uh, notably, a lot of people I've noticed that have a lot of like, you know, sympathetic stuff going on. They, they say they don't have a strong sense of smell. They, that nerve is not super active, you know, uh, is that, right. I mean, I imagine this is all the same thing. And I've definitely, since my podcast with, um, Jean-Pierre LeBlanc, which we'll link to in the show notes, he was talking about just the power of essential oils and how, like, you know, scent is like outrageously powerful. And, and so now we, we kind of go around with those, but this is just so beautiful, Lois. Uh, this is such an amazing tool for people that, you know, are kind of in that isolated state and, and needing some of that connection and release. And, you know, I've had a few experiences similar to what you've, you've kind of outlined here from, you know, yoga and stuff. And Amelia have done exercise, Amelia and I have done exercises like that in yoga. I mean, before this, um, which is, which is really interesting too. And just, gosh, I just, I thank you so much. And, and I want to be super respectful of your time. When we, when we booked this show, you said, um, you know, I'm free until eight fifty nine. And I said to Amelia, I'm like, what the heck? I put 10 minutes between each appointment. Lois only put 60 seconds. So I, Hey, there's a lot you can do in 60 seconds. I got a hundred billion, billion neurons that are firing over here. But, uh, but listen, before we go, I want to give two mm -hmm. things. Okay. Okay, so I love what you said about the essential oils. Here's what you do is you get essential oils on a Q-tip. You put one smell in one nostril, and you put a different smell in the other nostril. Okay? That's going to wake up your brain. Mm. That's, that is a beautiful. Now, you can't use the same one 24-7 for the next 10 years. you got to mix it up, you know. So you may do it. And once a day, you know, like how much goodness do you want from yourself? How much resiliency do you want? You know, I do mine at least four to five times a day. Yeah. Okay. Now, the second thing, should you not have a back-to-back -back buddy, you can create that with your pillows, right? Get next to a wall, cover yourself in pillows, and visualize it's just, you know, the perfect person you want to snuggle up with. Okay. Now, if the pillows don't cut it, the most amazing thing happens right now. It's getting close to Christmas time. Guess who has giant teddy bears? Costco. So you could get yourself a giant teddy bear. Snuggle up back to your teddy bear. Put your teddy bear's arms around you. 
and pretend because your brain doesn't know the difference in your memory banks. So pretend it's somebody and then feel how you feel. Get that emotion of how you feel and stay there and hum three times. Just slowly try to hum for at least 10 seconds and now your neurophysiology will have a new ending to a story of distress. Beautiful. Lois, this has been just such an amazing show. I just can't thank you enough for sharing just so much wisdom with our audience once again. And and for anybody that, you know, wishes they could listen to Lois for another couple hours, episode 11 is almost, I think it's over two hours long, our first show. So yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll link to that in the show notes for folks, because really, there wasn't really any overlap at all. So Lois, I, I thank you just so much. And I think you mentioned a minute ago that the magic, at least with the baby is in the third time. So We'll have to yep. we'll have to do a third show in a couple of months. There you and go. Especially there we'll be go. back in the U.S. and on somewhat close to the same time zone, at least uh, unlike <laughs> unlike now. And I just I thank you so much, Lois. I have so much love for you and your work. And you had such a profound impact on Emilia and myself, of course, and our baby. And you know, we definitely have a lot of gratitude for you and have you to thank for a lot of just the process and a lot of the. Uh, the things that we did from literally the second he was born, we began the lowest protocol. So, uh, which we outlined in the first episode that we did together and, and share some of that, but Lois, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and we'll link in the show You're notes. So we'll link in the show notes to all of Lois's, uh, website and social media and things. But for those listening, Lois, where, where can people find you? You can, of course, Google me, or you can go to restoringbreathing.com. Restoring breathing. Because that's what it's about. We want to restore autonomic breathing. So whether we have a mask on, or we're looking at a car, or we're seeing a loved one's face, we can still breathe. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Lois. Over and out, guys. We will see you again soon. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. For the show notes for today's episode, head on over to coachjoedi.com and click podcast from the menu. If you'd like to leave a review, which I would absolutely appreciate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this show, please do so. These mean the world to me. They help me understand what my audience is gaining from these shows that I'm pouring my heart into and ultimately helps us to reach more people because these platforms like shows that get reviews. So it helps us out so much. If you're digging the shows, this would be so great if you could just leave a review. Also, I still give away $150 every two weeks to kettlebellkings.com to somebody that reviews my show. So if you leave a review, just screenshot it and email it to hey at coachjodi.com and my team will enter you to win this $150 gift card so that you can outfit your home with a couple of kettlebells on me. Also, when you're in the show notes, you'll find links to any products that we discussed. For full transparency, some of these links 
do contain affiliate links. This helps me to fund these episodes, pay my staff, and ensure that I'm taking care of the people that take care of us. So I absolutely appreciate you clicking links and using codes. It helps keep this train on the tracks. All right, guys, until next week, thank you as always for listening. I really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to this show every week. I really put a lot into them. So thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next week. Take care.